Secondary's heavyweight Ardian expected to deploy around $10 billion by year-end when I sat down with Ardian's co-head of secondaries and primaries, Vlad Kolas, at the start of November. While that wouldn't be a record year for the firm, it would be one of the busiest it's seen across its history. Welcome to Spotlight and our ongoing mini-series where Secondaries Investor dives into the latest developments in the Secondaries market. I'm Madeline Farman, a senior reporter with Secondaries Investor. LPs this year have been taking decisions around liquidity into their own hands, rather than relying on managers to deliver it for them, which led to some sizeable transactions coming to the market. Ardian bought a $2.1 billion portfolio of LP interests from CPP Investments, for example, the Paris headquartered manager is also out raising its ninth flagship with reports that it's exceeded $20 billion. I asked Vlad how LPs are approaching the secondaries market when they're looking to offload portfolios and how Ardian sees their opportunity. I'd say the processes have become much more complicated and sophisticated than they used to be. You know, the times of uh, here's my 30 fund portfolio, take it or leave it. And, you know, you have to close on that date is really behind us. There's a lot more for sale than buying power in the secondaries market. As a result, LP sellers are focused on what they can actually offload. And they need to be constructive with the buyers on what they actually want to pick up, Vlad tells me. In the vast majority of transactions Ardian has seen, LPs have come to market with larger books of funds than they intend to sell, which means buyers are able to go through those portfolios and inform them what they're willing to pick up. As a result, the buyers are able to carve out a portfolio of funds that they already know as a buyer, and they're able to price the portfolio quickly and create a solution for the seller on a large portfolio that can be transferred quickly with no risk of execution. This is attractive to buyers because these discounts are important and they've got some deferred payment from sellers who don't necessarily need the cash. But more importantly, it's... Really what you buy at one point in time. And so the ability to go in and cherry pick and not take the things where you have less visibility or that are maybe a little bit more hairy and just focus on the assets you like, that's what's, I think, created the high level of activity we've seen this year. And interestingly, in terms of who were the sellers, we estimate over the last 18 months that around half of the sellers in the market have been first-time sellers, which is kind of new for the secondary market. Vlad believes the demand for LP deals will continue on into 2024. The slowdown in distributions won't abate, and the denominator effect continues to loom large for many LPs, despite the stock market coming back. He gave me an example. One seller that we did a very large trade at the end of 22 with, and they're back in the market now, again, because they're still overallocated. They were happy with how the trade went. And so they're, they're deciding to use that market again to, uh, to, to free up some capacity for new commitments. Uh, so when you think about pricing, I don't see a meaningful change in pricing in the secondary market over the next couple of quarters because, you know, buyers have to price in that uncertainty, that timing to distribution that's going to continue to take time to come back. Buyers, however, are well capitalised for the secondaries market, despite its overall undercapitalization relative to the opportunities that are out there. The buyers that were in fundraising have actually been able to raise more or less what they wanted to raise, and so I think people are there ready to do deals, but it has to be at the right price. As for LP-led pricing, it remains very fund-dependent. No two buyout funds of the same vintage will price in the same way, and pricing remains dependent on where GPs hold their marks on their own portfolio companies. Over the course of the year, buyers have spent a long time trying to find portfolios that are reasonably, conservatively valued and are focusing on those. It's a trend Vlad anticipates will continue. My feeling, based on what we've done and 
trades I have seen is that for a high quality buyout fund portfolio at the moment, you're in the mid to high 80s. Uh, seems to be where a lot of things trade, at least portfolios of size. And I don't see that changing very much. I mean, we've seen a couple of trades going to the 90s uh, in very specific situations. But overall, I don't see that changing meaningfully in the next few quarters because, as I mentioned, there's still uncertainty in the portfolios. And I don't think distributions are going to come roaring back, you know, in early 24. So you need to price in that extra time for assets to exit and also that uncertainty around growth in 2024. As more entrants pile into the secondaries market, is there enough room for everyone? It was a nuanced answer from Vlad. The secondaries market is one of the most, if not the most, undercapitalized part of the private equity industry. And it's fairly concentrated. Uh, you take the three largest players in secondaries, we represent probably the bulk of, or maybe half, uh, close to half of the dry powder in that market. And even if you take all the groups together with the dry powder that has been raised for secondaries in the last couple of years, we estimate that that figure is around 130 billion of dry powder for secondaries transactions. And that's meant to be deployed over three to four years, uh, like a typical fund. That 130 billion, as we mentioned at the beginning of the conversation, there's over $200 billion of paper that's for sale every year in the secondary market. Obviously not everything trades, but even what trades is close to that figure of 130 billion. So you basically have one year of transaction volume only that, has, that is available in dry powder, despite groups having had successful fundraisings in the last couple of years. Vlad says there's clearly space for new entrants in the market. However, it's not that easy of a market to break into, particularly when it comes to LP portfolios. The space is data-driven. Firms need to be investors in thousands of funds. On top of that, firms will have to demand that information from GPs, understand what their expectations are for their portfolios, and then re-underwrite those expectations so that they can be ready when a transaction comes through. You have your pricing ready, you know what to buy, and what to avoid in any given quarter. You need to build relationships with GPs to be an investor with them for years until you can get to that level of competitivity. We are seeing some new entrants on the GP-led side of the market a little bit more. We've seen groups come into that market and be active, and that's also a market that we expect will grow over time. But on the LP's portfolio side, so far, we, we haven't seen a lot of new players in the space. Vlad anticipates buyout secondaries funds will outpace buyout funds as soon as the next generation of funds. There's little doubt in my mind that the first fund that will breach the $30 billion mark will be a secondaries fund. It makes sense, he explained, because these secondaries funds are buying from investors whose own allocations have grown considerably over the last few years. Whereas in the past, a $1 billion transaction was considerably large for the secondaries market, today, $2 billion to $3 billion transactions are a regular occurrence. And those sellers would have sold a $5 billion to a $6 billion portfolio if the capital was available to do so. Even if you don't expect a higher percentage of private equity assets trading, just based on the growth of the private equity market and investors' allocations and what has been raised in the last five years compared to the previous five years, you know, the market is meant to double between now and in five years from now. But I think that's a very conservative estimate because the reality is the percentage that trades on the market actually is increasing meaningfully. And you get that phenomenon of first-time sellers that have come online, have seen how efficient it is and will become repeat sellers. Uh, so our expectation is it's more like it's going to triple between now and 2030. But I think we're one of the most conservative in the market, you know, 
main groups will tell you uh, they expect the growth to be much higher than that. Thank you for tuning into this edition of Second Thoughts. As always, if you have any interesting tips for the podcast, do get in touch by sending me an email, madeline.f at pei.group. In the meantime, find all of your secondaries market news on secondariesinvestor.com and to hear more episodes of Spotlight and our next breakdown of developments in the secondaries market, find us wherever you listen to podcasts or at any of PEI Group's various titles online. Thanks for listening.